0: Um, Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Single Moms Podcast. I'm your host Khalifa. Today we've got a magnificent lady from Florida. Her name is Vanessa Olive. We were just speaking briefly in regards to the origin of her name. So she's going to tell us, um, as well as just who she is, her brand, and the fact that she is a wonderful mummy from Florida. She's also studied law and she's a blogger and an author as well. So I just thought to myself that it would be magnificent for her to come on the podcast so please Vanessa tell the guests a bit about you
1: well thank you Khalifa for having me hello everyone I am Vanessa Olive I reside in Temple Florida um I was just telling her the name of we came up with my name Vanessa Olive because my middle name is Olivia so I was having a very short like frustration on how to come up with a name or how to make Vanessa Olivia pop, mm-hmm. And my mom came up with Olive. She was like, you know, what you stand for, what your book is about, is about branching motherhood in different segments of what a mother, what a woman is about. So I was like, wow, I love it. Especially because Olive's, you know, stand for peace. And at the core of it, every mother want peace in her life, you know, with balancing everything that's going on, we want peace. So, here we are, 2021, Vanessa Olive was born.
0: <laughs> and on your page, you say where motherhood meets everything else. Ooh, I love that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So I recently wrote my first book. It's called Motherhood and Everything Else. Mm-hmm. And it's really about literally motherhood and everything else. Because um, as mothers, we go through so much. And even single moms, um, I, to give a little more in depth I became a mother at 22 fresh out of college and it was just you know when you're young and it's on plan it's like what what to do what to do next and especially when you fresh out of college you don't know what direction you want to go in so I was really in the midst of having a group of friends who were getting married and a group of friends who were just you know, we just graduated. So we're going to travel. So I felt like the in between, like, I want to be, you know, both because having a kid, you're a mom, but then you're still single. So you want to live life, but motherhood comes first. So you have to figure that out and, and navigate it. So for myself, I found at that time, there wasn't a outlet really or I didn't have one that could guide you. Every motherhood book will talk about pregnancy, it will talk about a mate or it will talk about divorce, but it won't talk about or even teen pregnancy. It won't talk about just single motherhood. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, you know, God, I wish we could help more people." And funny enough, I was studying for the bar exam. Um I'm Studying for it right now, but I, at the time I was studying for it and I was like, you know, God, let me just become an attorney and then worry about the book later. And one thing about if you're a believer in God, please obey what He tells you because He will shut everything down to make sure, you know, you listen to Him. So unfortunately, at that time, I didn't pass the bar because it was like, focus on this book. And I'm like, man, writing a book is so vulnerable, especially when it's about your life. So with me, I discuss everything, you know, having, having a birth by myself, um, complications, not knowing, um, about doulas. And I discuss that and, you know, co-parenting that is always like a rough topic, especially when you're young and you hear, for me at least, I grew up in a two-parent household, so I didn't really understand co-parenting, like, I grew up with friends who was like, oh, I have brothers on mom's side and dad's side, and I was like, what does that mean, but, you know, nobody ever explained that to me, so when it was myself involved in it, I'm like, okay, what does that mean, and it was fresh for me, and also trying to date again, once mm-hmm. again, it's like, I don't know, you know, how to date, when to involve your kid to somebody else, so I just discuss my life and my journey in this book, Um, also to share to other women, other moms, like, you don't have to be afraid, because I feel like with single moms, it's like a shame or a stigma that, you know, in part, you fail, you know, because why is the dad not there, and for me, I... I was very shameful for that because in part, my son's dad um, and our relationship, we were very young, but also very immature and toxic to each other because we were so young. And at the same time, there was a lot of growing we had to do. But for me, it was just, you you don't know where to go. You know, you like, how, how could I help? how or where to get the help. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to your parents, they're only gonna tell you but so much. And then when you talk to your girlfriends who haven't experienced it yet, they can't help you. So at the you know tender age of 22, 23, everybody's immature around you You know to, to give you that proper guidance. So for me, it's just more so, let's take that shame out our eye. Yes, it didn't work out. It's okay it's not the end of the road. And God has shown me like, there's so many people around you that build your village. It doesn't necessarily have to be him, but it could be your family. It could be teachers. It could be your kids, coaches, whoever your circle is. That's how you build your empire. And that's really what the book is about. That's really what I stem from. It's just motherhood and everything else. Motherhood is just the foundation of who we are as mothers because sometimes when you become a mom people just see that and it's like no I have a life and I remember my mom would always tell my sisters and I I'm the oldest of four and she would jokingly say I have a life before you guys and every laugh like girl no you didn't you know but as I became a mom and I looked at my son he's like you know like kid I have a life before you as well Mm -hmm. and not only just to him but other people because sometimes we get lost in motherhood that we don't remember oh I like to dance I like to swim I like to go to the beach by myself you know what do I like to do at the core of things so that's Mm kind of
0: how did you find the um because I studied um law as well Um, and I've shared this on the on the podcast I'm Nigerian so we have two options in life so we either become a lawyer or a doctor so then I went down the law route and um, so I got the law degree I've got the master's in human rights and social justice and I worked for the ministry of justice for 10 years and I hated it. (laughs) i absolutely hated um the criminal justice system so how have you navigated because you said that you failed the bar over here we do the the law degree and then we do something called either lpc for for you to become a qualified solicitor or the bvc for you to become a barrister and both are so expensive like it is really ridiculous I think one for the LPC might be 13,000 pounds the BBC are like 18,000 pounds and there's no guarantee that you would pass right that right. is the problem there's actually no guarantee that you'd pass so you imagine investing all that money and not passing and even with becoming a barrister so even if you pass the um, BBC um you then have to try and get into something called an in and and sometimes they don't actually select you even if you become a qualified even if you, you pass your LPC for you to become a solicitor you then have to do something called a training contract meaning that you have to work for a solicitors firm for two years to do a training contract and because they know that you need it it's kind of like interns how you have interns okay. over there yeah. so you've gone through school you've paid so much money and then you're interning so you could be starting off as at 12,000 pounds a year, you know, because they know that you need it. And they'll have you do like stupid things like getting their coffee, (laughs) getting their, they're going to the laundrette for them and crazy things. So I didn't go down that route. But what kind of pressure were you under when you actually were trying to, like, when you were doing the bar and having (laughs) a kid and writing
1: a book? Like, I know, I know it's funny that you say that because oftentimes, I don't realize how much I accomplish or how much I'm doing because I'm always in gomo. Um, I'm also well. My parent, my background is Caribbean, so my parents are Jamaican and Trinidadian. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of the lucky ones where we didn't have like lawyer or doctor. They kind of free spirit of like do whatever you want to do kid like as long as it's make you money and make you happy we support you but it just so happens that like my sisters and I we're like the typical Caribbean kids because I'm in law and my sister's a teacher so it's just like and it's like but they didn't push us but for me I always had a passion for law literally ever since I want to say seven um, when I, I was one of those weird kids who will watch Judge Judy, Judge Maybelline, like the judge shows, and I just liked seeing the women in power. So I was like, oh, I want to do that. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but it was just like, if they could do it, I could do it too. And I was just taking criminal justice classes and going into it. Funny, ironically enough, my bachelor's degree is in business marketing. I kind of went away yes, from criminal justice because when I was, I believe, a senior in high school, one of my friends, she was like, you know, lawyers work so many hours and they're away from their kids. And I was like, nope, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. So I went into business, but I found my love for law again due to the situation with my son, dad and I, you know, he, um. We end up going to court for legal rights and making sure everything was done properly. And in the midst of doing that, I was looking for an attorney and her background was in biology. And I'm like, what? (laughs) That doesn't make sense. How are you a family attorney and your background is biology? And she's told me like in the US, you can have a background in anything because here there's laws for everything. So you could, you could go to law school for anything because you don't have to come out in the criminal side. You could do different sectors. So when she said that, I was like, light bulb went off, like, okay, Vanessa, it's not too late. So um, at this time, I was still living with my family. And that's really the core of my success is my family. i um, having the support of my mom and dad. Everybody still live within that same household. Wow. So we're all helping each other, you know, build and for me I um when I decided to write the book I brought it up to them like hey you know my family's really they we everything we do is very faith-based and we pray and fast together so they're like hey if God told you to do it go ahead (laughs) you know we support Mm -hmm. you but studying for the bar for us our process is four years undergrad three to four years of law school then we have to take oh while you're in law school you do a internship depending on the school you could do one or two um semesters of internships and then you have the actual bar exam and you have an ethical exam and then once you pass those depending on your state you're you're qualified to become an attorney so for me I I had accomplished everything but passing the exam and to be quite transparent with you I failed it four times and like you said it's expensive <laughs> you know so for me the first time I failed it, it was like oh, okay no problem second time oh, okay no problem the third time we enter in the pandemic now and I'm like I can't keep doing this you know it's expensive for us it's roughly five hundred dollars five to six hundred dollars to take the exam alone okay so I'm like Jesus what so that's why I said being obedient because I took a break from it and that's a part of me you know being transparent with myself and once again having that village because I I truly honestly did not want to stop taking it because I felt like everybody was rooting for me Mm -hmm. that I felt like if I stop, I would disappoint everybody. Come to find out, everybody was like, I'm glad you're taking a break because I don't know how you <laughs> kept doing it for two two years. And I'm like, guys, why y'all didn't tell me? You know, <laughs> who to me? I'm doing why? this for you. Right, <laughs> they was, you know, like going based on what I was saying and how I was feeling. And that's when I decided to take the break and really focus on, writing the book and when I started writing the book that's when the whole business and the brand came about because I didn't want to just write a book and say hey I wrote a book I wanted to give women mothers experience I want when they buy the package they remember to put themselves first Mm. so that's why I call it the wind down wind down bundle because it comes with the book um a candle a bath bomb a wine tumbler so you could just, you know, have your moment, your hour or two, to really zen out and just focus on who you are, who you are as a woman to the core. So that? that's awesome. So,
0: how long did it take you to actually write the book?
1: So, to actually write the book, I want to say a year. Mm-hmm. I probably got the idea late twenty nineteen. And I was playing around with it all last year, but once I got serious, we had it finished. The beginning of the of the year, I published it on Mother's Day because I wanted to dedicate it to my mother and grandmother, mm-hmm. and you know other moms out there as well. Yeah. So.
0: And you also have a um, a blog, don't you? Please tell us a little bit about your blog, guys.
1: So my blog is also a foundation of what the book is about you know everyday motherhood struggles and just our excitement about motherhood and things that you know mothers don't feel like we should talk about but I talk about it you know (laughs) because like for example I wrote about being happy on the first day of school I never really understood that especially when the pandemic hit I was happy, you know, to have my son home. I felt like, oh, we could bond. But after a couple of months, it's like, please <laughs> go to school. I am happy. Yeah. And I, I understand that having time away from your kids, it's healthy. Yes. It's not a negative thing. Like you need that space. They need your space, that's your that's space. Because if you guys in, ch- in, in each other's faces all the time, it's unnecessary clashing where it's just like oh, <laughs> so for me it was just like cheers yeah. so
0: I'll yeah. give you I'll give you a funny story um my son before the pandemic he had this particular teacher that whenever I would go and pick him up she would say to me and hey, Miss Khalifa Miss Khalifa I need to speak to you about Josiah and his behavior and I'd be like oh my god god here we go she'll say she'll say to me that and he's not really concentrating in class he's doing this he's doing that whenever we're learning he'll just zone out and I'm like okay okay every time I pick him up she'll say Miss Khalifa Miss Khalifa up until the pandemic and I had to do homeschooling and I disliked that chick so much and then when I had to teach my son at home I was like
1: damn she was right i know we always feel like oh our kids is such a great way until we have to observe it ourselves and it's like that's why uh for us we were able to send our kids back early january
0: yeah
1: and i gave his teacher at the time the biggest christmas gift yeah. just thank you of everything because they it need was to put so, respect on their name <laughs> seriously because just the stress they like Go through especially the pandemic time just trying to teach virtually yeah it was on another level like i said i have a sister a younger sister who is a teacher and she was teaching kindergarten imagine teaching kindergarten they barely know the alphabets their numbers so or even how to sit so you're trying to teach them on a computer and i'm like try to massage them it's okay it's okay you got this. Remember why you do it. It's for the kids. Here the future. <laughs> oh
0: my lord, nah. Kids are, yeah. It, it, this this pandemic, anyone that's listening right now, the pure fact that you've survived it, homeschooling, juggling work, juggling uncertainty, juggling COVID. I salute anyone listening right now. Like, yeah, we need our, we need um, we need to put respect on our name and we need the S on our chest to be quite, uh, to be quite honest. So how do you help a mothers with balance? Cause like we discussed earlier in regards to um, you going to school, working, raising your child and writing the book, like how, yeah. How did you find like balance?
1: So I will be lying to say I found the perfect balance because I haven't, <laughs> but I'm still learning balance but i i just recently read a book called atomic habits and i i believe i did a um a book review and that shifted my mindset 360 like i was just mind blown on it on just how simple ways we could tweak our life to make a difference mm-hmm. and it's not it doesn't have to be an overnight success and i think for myself at least like Almost mother, we put so much pressure on ourselves, especially single moms, because we're playing in essence mom and dad. So we we we're trying to make sure our kid have everything. And for myself, I just had like mom guilt, you know, like oh my gosh, my kid is not having mom and dad. So I have some I was overcompensating for things. So I'm like, we're doing that at the end of the night i'm depleted because i don't have enough time to put into myself so for me um like i said my background is in marketing so i also help moms with small businesses or upcoming businesses wow so if they have businesses we sit down and we talk about how to strategize how to make your business work for you you know um I'm not sure if you've seen a lot what's going on on the internet and Instagram but I get highly upset where we have a lot of like marketing rules or business rules on saying like start a start a business and then you could get a g-wagon you know you can write your g-wagon off taxes it's a big thing in the U.S. girl like (laughs) oh
0: are you saying that like I've seen a lot of um like if you create like an LLC and then you can put You can get like a a company car in in that in
1: what what is the LLC again? It's okay, it's a limited liability company. Yeah. So it's pretty much a company where you're separating your personal things from the business. Okay. So for instance, for myself, my business is Vanessa Fleming LLC. So say I have a house and you're suing me, suing my business, you can't attack my personal you assets. You yeah. can only attack that assets of the business. So we're seeing that there's a lot of people, especially in the pandemic time, who are eager you know, to make money, be their own boss, but they don't have the proper education. So they spend a lot of money giving these people, you know, $25 here, $100 there with these classes, but they're still left empty because they're not giving them practical steps on how to sustain a business. So for me, it's giving you the real deal, you know, like you're not going to be a millionaire overnight. If you do, God bless. I am rooting for you. But the reality is it takes time. You have to make sure you have funds and I'm all about having generational wealth, especially with your kids. So for me, it's like, okay, make your passion make you money. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to do that, let's figure it out. Let's talk about it. If you're really passionate about it, you don't have to quit your job right away. (laughs) And that's another thing I hate when people like, quit your job and work by yourself on your own. Well, if you don't have the fundamental ideas and steps into doing so, you're going to go back to being broke and have to work for somebody else. So let's ease our way into starting a business by, by yourself. Mm -hmm. So I discussed that and I discussed, you know, balancing, making sure you have a decent life work balance. You know, not everybody's going to have the same life work balance, but I discussed with um, with moms, you know, what works for you, how we could break it down and make it more realistic for yourself. Because I think one of the biggest mistakes and I'm guilty of that is we make a list of, okay, I I want to lose weight today. I'm not eating no junk food. And then it's like, you eat that one chips, the, that bag of chips and then become two, then three, and then you're back, you know, gaining weight. So it's like, let's take baby steps. You want to lose weight? Okay, well, let's cut down to one snack a day or two snacks a day. You know, make it realistic goals that's reachable. You know, it's all about, um, I have, I listened to this pastor, his name is Michael Todd. And he said, it's not about perfection. It's about progression. Yeah. And if you always say, okay, let me make one step here, one step there before you know it, you at a hundred percent because you keep making little minor um, changes within your habits and within your lifestyle that you don't even realize that, oh man, because it's coming easy to you because it's sustainable. Yeah, that's cool. So if a mom's listening
0: right now um, and they want to start a business, um, given that the pandemic is yeah, it's, it's showing us that our jobs aren't necessarily secure, Um, And there's all this thing on Instagram about having a side hustle and chasing this quote unquote bag. What's the first thing? (laughs) What's the first piece of advice you would give them in regard? Is it like a mindset shift that you have to firstly take or more of a practical thing you would have to do?
1: I would say mind shift because I feel like once you have that mind shift of, okay, I could succeed no matter what, you're going to have that motivation to grind despite what it may look like because entrepreneurship what people don't tell you it's real ugly it's not fun you know mm-hmm. in the sense of yes you work for yourself yes it's flexible that's the beauty but if in the beginning you may lose a lot of money because you're learning you're going to make mistakes you know you you when you haven't starting a business you have to make sure your business could replace your current life, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So don't just say, oh, I'm gonna quit. And your, whatever hustle you have is not replacing your lifestyle because that's when you go way under and then have to go back and, you know, rethink. So think about, okay, well, for example, for myself, self-care products. I make X amount of money now how could I replace that? And then work your way up. Fortunately for myself, I have a village. And that's another thing uh, I would say, once your mindset have shifted, think about what you are passionate about. And I say that because a lot of people do what's popular, what's, you know, what's going on in social media, selling shirts, selling hats, um, lip glosses, And yes, everybody loves clothes and lip gloss, but are you passionate about it? When you're passionate about something, you won't see your loss as a loss. You will see it as a lesson. Like, okay, I didn't make money today. Got to go harder. But if it's not a passion, it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe I should do something else or uh, let me switch it up. And that's when you're constantly doing something new instead of trying to improve on what you have, your current whatever, if it's a product or a service, whatever it is, like focus on that and build up. And I would also say, get a mentor. That's Mm. the biggest thing, you know, find somebody. And I think that's the beauty of social media is I use Instagram, like Google, you know, you could just type in whatever you want and see if it's somebody within your state or in your area or whatever, And just see if you could connect with them. Say, hey, my name is Vanessa Olive. I'm interested in this. I would like if we could talk for a few minutes, go out for lunch. You might have a lot of no's, but that one yes is all that you need to elevate and switch your mindset. So Mm -hmm. definitely focus on the mindset because that's the biggest key on why you want to do something. Are you doing it Mm -hmm. just for money? are you doing it for flexibility what is the reason
0: yeah and one of the tips that um that um atomic habits says is that if you're trying to form a new habit you have to make it easy um, yeah. and you have to make it attractive as well and um yeah form yeah just set set realistic goals so if you want to yeah like you said if you want to start a business message 10 people every day if you have to and one person saying yes follow through with the meeting if you want to lose weight the night before make sure you pull out your gym clothes and even if you want to exercise five minutes a day five minutes can then lead to 10 minutes and it can lead to 15 and before you know it you've done an hour you know so we need to make our our goals attractive and we need to know and i hate when people say this is you need to have your why (laughs) yeah yeah, everyone says it but our why is really really important and if your why is do you know what I want to I want my child to go private school or I want to I don't want to be the stereotypical single mom that people think we have to scrimp and save or I want to be able to travel the world with my with my child um I think money is money is 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 good but I think that in our society they've made it a bit dirty in a way it's kind of like superficial when in actual fact money can be money can be used to the more money you for me anyway this is my own ethos the more money i have and the more money i get the more i can bless others but the right. way society is made money look is the more money i have the more people look at me you know and yeah. it's so weird that the really really rich people um and even the rich people that I've known in my life they'd never really flashed the only time you'd ever really be able to see a rich person that I know is maybe their watch you can see that oh wow this is an expensive watch but they're not wearing no gucci no prado no louis
1: right
0: <laughs> which i find really weird that in our society the way you can tell someone's wealthy is like oh they're they're carrying a birkin bag or but rich people r- real money not yeah. new money not you know old money they don't eat they could wear the same thing over and over again and you just have to know yes you want to be rich you want to be re- wealthy but why is it because of you is it because of your child? Or is it because of the world around you? Like find out why you want what you want. And, then, yeah, and I was going to ask about clarity actually. So how do you teach your, yeah, teach moms how to get clarity. How have you got clarity in regards to the things that you want?
1: Um, so that's what I discuss in the book. Um. In the book, I, at the end of each chapter, I give mom like a, a charge of like reflection on Think about it. What what how could you be a better mother or you know what? Let me look real quick. <laughs> so one reflection it says we often feel as if the world is on our shoulders and forget that we we have a team. Take a second to acknowledge who is a part of your support team. Now set some goals. What are some of your mommy goals, personal goals, physical goals, or just goals in general? Depend on your village depend on your village to hold you accountable. So with clarity for myself is mostly reflection. Um, I always say you need to have time for yourself. You So for me, the pandemic has helped me so much in clarity and reflection and really sitting down and saying, who is Vanessa again? What does she like? What do she want to achieve because so many times we on the go, on the go, on the go. We don't realize, like, we kind of put certain goals on the back burner because we see something else or want to do something else. So I help moms, you know, based on my book, but for myself, is sitting down journaling. I'm a big advocate of journaling. I, I That's pretty much how I got into writing because I start journaling since probably 10 and i have a journal for everything business life prayer traveling <laughs> yeah. journaling because for me it's um once again big big in faith in god um the word said if you write it down and make it plain you know so write your plans down make it plain and god will take care of the rest So everything I do, I believe in writing it down, even if it's just words, phrases, write it down because you come back and that's a part of manifestation and bringing it into life Mm -hmm. and just seeing, you know, okay, this is what I want. And it's also reminders, you know, when you write certain things down, like you remind yourself, okay, Vanessa, this is the goal we're trying to do. You know, you want to lose this weight, put down Oreos down this week, drink more water. So clarity for me comes in a form of meditation, self-reflection, prayer, and just getting to know myself, you know, just five, 10 minutes away from everybody and just sit down. And like you said, in the Atomic Habits, uh, it talks about clarity and just um, taking those baby steps. And that's the for me, those babies, when he said that, that really changed my mindset because I always went into things like, oh, I want to change this. And for, in, for instance, like fitness journey, I'm like, oh, I always want to be fit. And I will go full throttle, work it extra hard, always in the gym, but I burn myself up, you know, I'm working out improperly or I'm just doing too much where it's like, I have to sit down. And when I sit down, as, as it's said in the book, when you sit, um, sit down more than two days, you easily fall out of the habit again. So it's, it's harder to come back in. So when he said that, I was like, you know what? Baby steps, it's okay. And like you said, with um, society, it makes us feel like if we don't have it, if we're not flashing, we're not making any, mm-hmm. any um, steps, any advancements. And for myself, that's why it's so important. I believe mothers, we need villages, especially um, single moms, because we often just feel like we have to do so much by Mm ourselves, but we don't, you know? I mean, in some cases, yes, you're doing things by yourself, but when you sit down and think about it, that teacher who held your son for an extra 10 minutes she's a part of your village, she's helping you out, you know, so also see gratitude in every little way, because for myself, when I got pregnant with my son, first of all, when I found out I had a boy, the first thing I thought about was, how am I going to teach him to pee, like, that was my first thing, I was like, how am I going to teach this boy to pee, and everybody was like, really, really, and was like, that's what you thought about. But that's what I thought about. I didn't think about clothes or anything like that. That came later on. And then when we had a baby shower and everything for a year and probably some change, I didn't have to buy anything. Like everything was bought through family members, through church members. like we were so loved and supportive. I, you know, cry and reflect like I remember, being 21 turning 22 scared and I got protected by the grace of God with having that village who provided all my needs you know and it.
0: so what yeah. has God um meant to you during um your single motherhood journey how have you had um a relationship with God because I for me personally if not for my son I wouldn't have Understood the love of God, so um yeah, my son has really, really taught me about trusting God, yes, time of need, and believing Him. Yeah, like sometimes I've had to wait, and I've say this all the time that I've, sometimes I've, I've tried to fight God, and my arms aren't long enough to fight Him, <laughs> and He is right, and He is patient, and He's loving to me. Uh, even the days I don't speak to Him, and it reminds me, if not for the fact that I had Josiah. I wouldn't really understand fully because my dad wasn't really around. So it's so, so it's difficult sometimes when you don't have a physical father at times yeah. to then believe a spiritual father, quote unquote. Yeah. So um when I had my son, um, and understanding that sometimes I love my son unconditionally, whether he does good, whether he does bad, you know, and having my son made me realize that God loves me unconditionally, whether I am I'm, I'm, I i'm good or bad yes i am meant to be good but um he loves me and he knows that i'm a work in progress you know so and it, it, it i love when i hear other single moms i'm like hearing their, their relationship with god Just how's your relationship with god been
1: it has increased and i feel the same like you in the sense of made me understand god better and deeper because um I grew up with a family who was always in church. So I was the Sunday girls, girl and everything, but it wasn't, I wasn't religion or God wasn't forced on us. You know, like, of course my parents taught us, but it was like, you, they gave us the option of like, you figure out God, you have the relationship. We will give you the Bible. We give you the tools, but you know, here you go. You do it for yourself. And from for myself honestly um oh i feel it yeah i'm a little emotional (laughs) honestly um it was because of my son i i understand god i think for so long i i knew he was real but it's something about when god strip you of everything Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you just feel like okay, I have nowhere to go but to pray, I have nothing to do but to yell out to God, I have nothing, like, God, I need to see you now, mm-hmm. and in those moments when he showed himself to me, like, daughter, I got you, I got you, I got, you. wait, I know I said it's gonna happen, but wait this time, it's okay, and it made me trust God so much more, like, of course, Motherhood, single motherhood, it's stressful at times. But then I remember the times where I felt like I wasn't gonna get through it, and then he sought me out of it. Like, okay, if he did it, then he could do it again. Yeah. And I keep thinking of the Bible verse of "He." Every time I feel overwhelmed, I always think of, "He won't give me more than I could bear." So mm-hmm. he won't give me more than I could bear. Call on His name, God. Give me strength and. <laughs> And that's what I do to, you know, really connect and get deeper into God, because I realize I am nothing without him. And that's why I said this whole book, this whole journey, I call it my faith-based journey, because if it was up to me, your girl wouldn't write the book yet. She would be a lawyer or even forget all of that. Your girl wouldn't even be a mom. You know what I mean? I will be out there somewhere doing something, Mm -hmm. you know, right? And I realized, you know, my son, he saved me in the sense of getting closer to my family. I was always already a a close-knit family, but I was, in my head, I was the next Oprah. I wanted to travel. I wanted to, like, I was going to be the rich auntie of the family. Like, (laughs) Like, I was just out and about. You catch me when you catch me. And God told me, clearly, that's, that's not your thing. Even when I had my son, I mentioned in the book, I wanted to, I live in Florida, and I wanted to go to Chicago, which is probably a five-hour plane ride away from home. That's how focused I was. Like, oh, me and my son. And my family was like, what are you doing? For mm-hmm. what? Why are, you, why are you choosing to struggle? We're here for you
0: to support.
1: Yes. And it's crazy because I didn't fully understood that until I understood God and his grace, you know, so many times we feel like, Oh, I mess up. I got to clean it up myself. And just like a parent, it's like, I see it, but I got you. I can help you. We -hmm. could get through this together. So understanding that is, it just made me love God more. And that's why I feel the need to share my faith with other people and just my book with other people and other moms that's why i have a passion for single moms for women in general to know that you know yes you're a single mom but that's not all you know god is writing your love story whether either whether you want to get married or not he's writing your 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 story for your kid whatever story your heart until he's writing it he hasn't He hasn't forgot about you.
0: Definitely. And I am... I don't. I think it was a pastor called Joseph Prince that said this. Um, he said that he wishes more people, which is I wish as well, more people viewed God more like um, a, a father and less like a judge. You know. And he said that he, when he became a father, that he was carrying his daughter and his arm was his arm was dead kind of thing. You know, when you carry the baby and your yeah, arm yeah. is gone, but you're still carrying. And then he then went on to say that. Um, somehow the nappy wasn't on properly and um, she had she had pooed. So the poo was oh. all, all on his hand and everything like that. So then he gently put her down and then he was clearing up, um, cleaning up he, his child. And then he was like, do you know what? that's how god handles our mess that yes wow. you are my child and sometimes we look at god like as society makes us look at god like oh you're so bad you did it but then when you actually do read the bible then it says that he came for the just and the unjust that means that even while she was sinners while she was denying him while she didn't care for him he still wanted to wipe up your poop <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know so i just yeah i just wish more people or anyone listening now just yeah call on to god because he's awesome and everyone is a sinner so it's not as if like i'm i'm mrs holy or anything like that no right. one is holy holier than now you know he loves you and why not have someone in your corner yeah. why not have an additional cheerleader and someone that you can speak on someone you can speak to that won't judge you that won't right. condemn you because human beings as much as our parents and our siblings can be there sometimes You might meet them and they're busy or they don't pick up that phone call or you're crying and you're so overwhelmed that you don't want to overburden them with the same story because sometimes we have the same stories. I'm so tired. I'm so fed up of being a mom, but you've told them the story before, you know and he's the only one that will listen to the same story over and over and over again those reruns he would watch them with you, you know, <laughs> and he will wipe away those tears so yeah he's yeah he's my he's my best friend right about now
1: <laughs> Yes, and give you the biggest hug when you need it like yeah. when i feel overwhelmed i just hug myself and just think of god and i just feel like the warmth like okay yeah it's going to be okay it's going to be all right, right yeah
0: (laughs) where can people find you on social media for some support some business and marketing and branding and information your book your
1: care products everything girl okay okay so everyone you can follow me at vanessa olive v-a-n-e-s-s-a-o-l-i-v-e three underscores on instagram and i'm on tiktok as well for my book you could find it at amazon.com barnes and nobles books a million or you could find it on my website which is www.vanessaolive.com which you will get my book a candle bath bomb and tumbler. so that's how you could stay connected to me and yeah that's
0: you are in barnes and nobles girl <laughs>
1: I know. <laughs> Tell me God ain't real, guys. Are you listening? Did you, you even hear what amazing. I heard? Did you hear what I heard, guys? <laughs> God is so good. And the funny thing is, all of this is just saying yes. Mm. I'm a witness. I'm a testimony that if you say yes to his will, he will take care of you.
0: Yeah. So all you got to do is say yes. yes. <laughs> if you hear that flow
1: song. The flow tree, Yeah. yes say yes and he got you
0: oh awesome thank you so much for coming on the happy single moms podcast you've been amazing
1: thank you for having me i appreciate you